Welcome to The Forum with your host, Seema Vasa. Our program is designed to bring you business tips and success stories directly from the people who are making it happen. If you could use a little motivation and a lot of ideas to help you and your company move forward, stick around for the next hour. Now, here is Seema Vasa. Welcome to The Forum. I am Seema Vasa, your host. Today, we're going to be talking about millennials, not millennials as a problem, but millennials as an opportunity. We're excited to have two very esteemed guests, Jason Ivanish, who is the CEO and founder of GetLighthouse.com, and Ben Martinez, who's the VP of HR at HireVue. Welcome to the show, Ben and Jason. Thanks Thanks for having me. Hi, Jason. This is Ben. So I know I've spoken to both of you guys, and you both have such interesting perspectives on millennials. Is it is it true that millennials are an opportunity, or am I just being very optimistic here? Why don't we start with you, Jason? Sure. Uh, you know, as a millennial, I guess I hope that we are uh, considered a valuable part of the workforce, considering that uh, we're already the majority compared to the number of Gen Xers and baby boomers who are heading to retirement, and soon... Millennials will make up more than half of the workforce, actually. So what that means is that what millennials are looking to do and get out of work is very important because they're going to be uh, a significant part of the contributors to the workforce. So I'm really glad we're having this conversation today because I think it's important to recognize where millennials are not that different from past generations entering the workforce and growing, um, and where they are different because, as we know, this is the digital age, and, you know, this is a generation that grew up with computers being ubiquitous and, you know, now have all this other technology and and lifestyles that they've embraced. Interesting. So it's not whether it's an opportunity or a threat. We just need to make it work since they're a big part of our workforce. Yeah, exactly. It it is what it is, I think, and uh, I think there's a lot of advantages just as much as there are occasionally problems. And Ben, how about you? I know that you work with a company that has kind of a unique way to uh, even interview and place people uh, in in different companies. What's your perspective? I'm sure you talk to a lot of people as it relates to millennials and and hiring and retaining them. Absolutely. Well, definitely millennials are an important population in the workforce. They're here. I work with them day in and day out. My story is a little perhaps unique than other people in that the company I work at, HireVue, our uh, founder and former CEO is is a millennial, and he was my boss for the last four years, and I would be considered by definition a Gen X, and I don't think too many people can say that they have a millennial boss, and uh, well, actually, I should say that trend's changing. There's a lot of millennials out there that are starting their own companies and, and you know, leading teams. However, so I had the opportunity to work with a millennial, and he was my boss, and I had, uh, in fact, he and I, his name is Mark, would joke a lot because he would get mad at all the, the, the things the media would say about millennials because he said it wasn't true and, <laughs> and how they would treat him and, and, um, and talk about him. And so I think that it's, uh, it, it's part of doing business. It's, it's just as anything. I remember just not too long ago when I was the new person, the Gen X, and right. the millennials were in high school. And then I think that millennials will have their time now, and then Gen Z will come in. And, and it's just something to be totally mindful of and just, uh, you know, how people kind of the frame of mind that they have coming into your, into your workplace or your business as customers. Well, it's interesting that your boss is a millennial and, and also uh, Jason is a millennial. And, and the common thing here is that, 
you know, we're finding millennials are leaving kind of quote unquote corporate structures and pursuing entrepreneurship. And I'd be curious to know, Jason, from your perspective, is that a common trend or, or is it unique to, to a few people? And it's, you know, the press is making it bigger than it really is. Well, I think you have to look at the bigger picture here and you have okay. to say to yourself, you know, what's, what is a millennial? Well, a millennial, as has been kind of established, is people who are just starting to get into their careers or, you know, a few years into their careers now. And they, they are just starting to build the skills that they need. Um, they also often are going to be at a different stage in their life. You know, they're less likely to have, you know, uh, a, a significant other, a spouse and children and things like that, that, you know, generally cause you to be uh, a little more tied down to a specific job. So, you know, just like you can look at a lot of stories of successful people where, you know, they really started to make their big uh, impact in their, in their early 30s, that's where millennials are just starting to hit right now. And so I think part of what you see now with people, you know, doing a lot of freelancing or uh, traveling a lot and things like that, that's actually not that uncommon. A lot of people do that in their 20s, and it just so happens millennials are right now in that generational spot. So... Uh, yes, I certainly, I have plenty of friends. I know a number of friends who have done the thing where, like, hey, they'll travel to Thailand and work remotely as, like, a contract engineer um, or something like that for a few years. But from what I've seen, um, you know, like, I can think of a couple of my friends now, you know, they'll do that, but then they kind of get tired of that, and they want to kind of settle down a little bit more. And now one of my friends, for instance, who did that, you know, he came back. He now lives in San Francisco. He's a software engineer, um, kind of advancing at a tech company, and he seems pretty happy there. And you can see where, as he's gotten a little older and matured, you know, what he wants has changed. And so I right. think a lot of what you see with millennials is exactly that, where they're just at a stage in life where they want a little more flexibility, but later on they're going to re- return to the same patterns that other generations have when they've grown up too. Yeah, that is a common theory. I know, I know a lot of companies, corporate clients that we work with, they, they, you know, they are trying to decide, do they need a millennial focus plan, even, even in terms of attract them, attracting them to their brand. And many people believe that the reality is, is that millennials, although they might be kind of delaying life decisions later, they're going to behave mm-hmm. similarly once they get married or once they have a mortgage or, you know, once they settle down, it's just a matter of, of time. And, uh, you know, I think, I think, I think many brands, uh, and, and companies are kind of waiting it out before they devise these majorly different marketing strategies to even engage millennials as consumers of their brands. So that's a, that's an interesting perspective. Uh, Jason, from your perspective, w- what are you seeing there? I know you work with, you work with a lot of these major brands, um, as clients are, are, are they struggling to find people to, to work at their, these kind of larger companies um, with, with the notion that, you know, entrepreneurship is right, right next door, if you will. I think you mean Ben here, so I'm going to defer to him. Sorry, sorry about that. Ben, yes. Right. In terms of, you rephrase the question, just in terms of uh, the millennials getting back into the kind of... You know, can yeah, I was just. That yeah, sure. Me? I was mentioning. I apologize. I was mentioning that you know, uh, I, as as I look at Hireview and look at some of the brands that you work with, you know, you're you're dealing with uh, large companies trying to get, um, you know, millennials into their companies, and you know, it always feels like 
In fact, I was talking to somebody at Comcast the other day. They said they are always struggling with kind of retaining their millennials because the the feeling is is that entrepreneurship is right next door. So, you know, do they want to spend their time at these large organizations and really kind of climb the corporate ladder or is it always kind of in the back of their thought that they're going to go back to entrepreneurship or try it, if you will? What do you well, see from that perspective? Yeah, so one of the things that, you know, a couple things around that. So our, our product, I, I believe, plays into more millennials, given it's, it's video for recruiting and training and coaching teams. A lot of, you know, older generations are not using video, and they're starting to adopt our technology more. And the reason is so they can connect more with the millennial audience and offer up you know, technology in ways that millennials are, are used to, and that's using video to recruit and to inter- interview for jobs. Right. And so we're working a lot with bigger companies that, you know, Delta is, is an example is one, but that, that are, uh, you know, using our product so they can, you know, cast a wider net and, and look cutting edge. And so they're not, you know, dealing with old technology when it comes to applying to their company, and then they're also trying to brand um, you know, brand their product that way. And, and that's, that's how I'd say, you know, we're working with companies. Sure. What I would say, you know, that I've noticed with millennials wanting to leave, you know, to start their own company or to do, uh, take that more of that entrepreneurship route is, is to the best that you can. What I've noticed is a lot of them, they, they, they want access as anybody would. They want access into executives and top leaders within the company. They don't want to hear from them um, via the quarterly email that comes out from right. the CEO. They, you know, they're used to the to just walking up and talking to them or sending them an instant message or whatever that is. And so, to the best that we can, is you know, internally hire because we try to make it as open as possible. So there's not a lot of layers or hierarchy or chain of command to get through because they're. I, I think, and I think that is a little bit unique to the millennial generation is they're used to that instant gratification, and and I think it's the onus is on. You know, if, if the executive is not used to that, but they better get used to it because that's how, you know, a, a millennial will think nothing to just slack an executive and ask them a question right off that's the That's right. So, yeah, I, it's <laughs> like the, all the hierarchy is completely broken. Not broken, I would say. It's kind of changed and it's become more fluid in terms of accessibility. Right. Hey, can I share a story quickly? Please do, yes. Sure. So actually going back to the very start of my career, uh, one of the first things I did was um, I interned at a company uh, called E-Ink. They make the display screens for things like the Amazon Kindle. And uh, when I was there, it was about 150, 200 employees at the company. Um, And I remember like halfway through the the time of my internship, uh, I actually knew I kind of was interested in entrepreneurship. And the, the CEO had, you know, had a number of articles written about him and stuff about how he had helped start the company. And so I remember I was scared to death at the time, but I cold emailed the CEO and said, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur someday. I'm really inspired by your story. Like, could I get like 30 minutes of your time just to ask you some questions? And uh, amazingly, he said, sure. And I, I ended up meeting with him and he gave me about an hour of his time. And it was really awesome and gave me some advice I still apply today uh, now that I have my own company. And, you know, the really cool thing is going back to retaining millennials is I ended up working there for another year after that. Um, and I think a big part of it was after I got a chance to meet with him, I felt a much stronger connection to the company and it definitely motivated me, uh, for a lot of things I was doing. Cause I was like, Hey, you know what? The CEO is willing to talk to me for a few minutes. And 
and, you know, make some time to give me some advice. So, you know, it motivated me to work harder on the stuff I was doing for them. Um, and, you know, while that doesn't necessarily scale to a company with like tens of thousands of employees, you know, there's still some like more senior leaders that I think could do the same thing and have the same impact. That's a great story. And it was amazing that that CEO sat down and talked to you about that. And I, I look for, I, 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 after the break, I'd love to hear a bits of advice that he did share with you or she shared with you. I'm sorry. I don't think you mentioned if it was a he or she, but, um, oh yeah, it was a he, but yeah, I'd okay. love to share more. Absolutely. That'd be great. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the tools that both Jason and Ben's companies offer in terms of trying to engage the unique audience and help managers. Um, I want to give them a chance to share some of their uh, tools that that potentially help retain and attract millennials. We'll be back after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to The Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, Please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity-2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to the forum. This is Seema Vasa, your host, and I am talking to Jason Ivanish and Ben Martinez. We're talking about millennials and the opportunity that it presents uh, for us as employers as well as managers. And uh, both these guys have really unique tools that help 
corporate uh, companies and businesses kind of help manage millennials and retain them. So I wanted to give them an opportunity just to talk a little bit about what they provide in the marketplace. And uh, I will start with Ben. Yes. The, the tools that we provide, I mean, first of all, the company, we develop the software video for recruiting and training. And so that is a tool that's used. Uh, we use it internally day in and day out as, as a company. And then we also use it and we sell that to employers as well. And that's, again, it's, it's, it's really just video, um, you know, for recruiting and training. And then what I'd also share is internally here at HireVue, we offer I mean, anything that is a tool for communicating or marketing our employment brand or, um, you know, marketing our culture, we're using that. So as an example would be Snapchat. Uh, you know, we use Snapchat stories. We connect with candidates through Snapchat and current employees. There's a community there through Snapchat, the same with Instagram and Instagram stories. And essentially, you know, any, any social media tool and we offer opportunities for employees where we let them, you know, um, if you will, uh, take the mic and they'll be able to be the voice of the company on Instagram stories or Snapchat and they'll, they'll be able to, you know, show a day in the life of what they're doing as their, their, you know, in, in their job and everybody follows that and interacts with that. And we use it as a recruiting tool, but we're very uh, open and assertive about the way we use our social media tools. And I think that's a way that kind of showcases us and opens up our, our net of influence to all generations as well. And and that's that's what some of the tools we use. That's fantastic. I know even just being able to see a candidate via video before you actually spend time bringing them out to your company and, and, you know, taking up tons of people's times to interview. It's it's an efficient process. Absolutely. Jason, how about you? I know that you're more on the kind of helping improve the manager relationship with employee relationships. Uh, in terms yeah, of the absolutely. tool that you provide. Absolutely, yeah. So Lighthouse was started because I was a manager myself, and I saw on both sides how my manager affected how I felt at work and then how I could affect my team and how by doing certain things I could turn an A player or an A player into a superstar, and then at the same time if I didn't do those things, uh, I could turn a great player into a B or C player. And so – Our whole thesis behind our business is this idea that people leave managers, not companies. And so what we try and do is help managers focus on what are the handful of things, handful of habits you can have that have the highest ROI for a manager's time and keeping your team engaged and happy and fixing all those problems. Because unfortunately, humans are not robots. So whatever generation you're a part of, there's still emotion and soft skills that you have to develop and work with. And so especially for millennials then, you know, it becomes even more important because millennials want feedback more often than once or twice a year in a performance review. And I, I, I'm literally tired of looking at studies because it's so overwhelming how many there are. They all say the same thing, that millennials are super interested in their professional and career development and their, and their growth. And so it often falls on the manager to help with that because if the manager isn't having a conversation with them about how they can grow and develop, then there's chances are no one is. And then that's whenever you see millennials job hop a lot because the only way they can advance in their career is to look somewhere else. So what we do at Lighthouse is try and help managers have a framework to follow. We have a lot of educational content we try to help people out with as well. And the whole idea is to, again, help managers uh, be more effective because that's one of the best ways to retain people in any generation. That's very cool. And I, and I, and I took a peek at both the tools. They're both very interesting and, and actually helpful because yeah, there are, I know, I know in 
uh, Get Lighthouse, there's tools even to kind of store details of an employee um, from a personal level so you can continue to make that connection and ensure that you're having not just a business conversation, but you, you follow, you, you kind of build a holistic relationship with your uh, manager or employee, which I think is important at the end of the day. Uh, and, and that takes me to my next question for you guys. You know, I think I, I made a joke here to some of the millennials that, that I work with that, you know, it feels like in the dating scene, everybody can, you know, people can be brought to you through all these apps and, you, you, you know, you swipe left or right or whatever. And then and, and the, the notion of having to go out to, you know, a gym or a bookstore or whatever, maybe I'm old school, a bar to meet people, you don't really have to do that as much. And, and when I think about hiring and accessibility to talent, it, it's a little bit similar in the sense that, you know, you can go on LinkedIn and find an employee that you might be interested in and vice versa. There's, there's kind of no boundaries. There's such a big pool of people that you can literally go in and say, hey, I have something really interesting I want to talk to you about. Let's talk, which leads me to, to, to the bigger question here, you know, how do you protect yourself against that type of kind of, you know, every every person is their own brand or their own player and companies can go in and recruit and, and you know, poach empl- employees pretty quickly, especially millennials who are looking for that next growth opportunity. Are there any frameworks or tips that you guys can think, can think of that have worked for you in your, in your career or in your, in your current positions? Sure. Well, uh, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, sure. Go ahead, go Jason. Ahead. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Uh, so, you know, the thing I would say is that you can make your people unpoachable. Uh, if someone likes their colleagues they work with, feel respected, enjoy the work they have, and feel like they have a, a future at the company, you're going to have a really hard time convincing them to, uh, to leave and go somewhere else. So I think it comes down to, like you said, the barrier for finding something uh, – Finding something else is much lower, uh, right. which means that the barrier to keep someone is higher. So, uh, you know, this is where companies do have to invest a little bit more in how they take care of people uh, and what they what they do to kind of meet their needs and make sure that things are going well. Because it is so easy to just go and look somewhere, uh, look somewhere else for a job. Um, so, I think that you know the bar for retention is higher, which means it's more important for you to do these things. You know, I was just talking to a uh, big four consultancy, um, their branch office uh, in, uh, in Europe, one of the branch offices, uh, just uh, a week ago, and they were talking about how they're actually seriously considering completely changing their management structure to adopt to this because they've just been losing so many people because it is so easy for them to find that other job that pays better or has this other opportunity or better hours or, or something else. And they realize that while they can't compete on all of the spectrums of why they're losing somebody, they can do things to make people happier. So there's at least a few more reasons why they either they want to stay a little bit longer or much longer. Interesting. Interesting. Then a perspective on your, from your part? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I think so often it, it's easy to get caught up into. I, this just recently came up in a manager that I've uh, been coaching through some issues, and, and he's dealing with a lot of his employees are leaving because he had one employee leave who was influential, and he went to this other company, and and um, other people are. He's had some other team members follow this uh, this former employee into the other company because he's recruiting him in there. And, 
And his manager is upset, and he said, I, you know, he's violating his non-compete, his non-solicitation, and he wants to send a letter, and he just can't believe this is going on. And, and as anybody that's dealt with those, they get kind of sticky and muddy. And, and I stopped right. him for a minute, and I said, well, instead of dealing with and trying to come up with all the legal reasons on why this person can't do this, why don't you focus on what you can do to keep your people? That's excellent. And right. I hit him in the head when he said it because I think he, he just wasn't thinking that the mm-hmm. problem was him. And I, I said, so take a minute and think about that. And the person is a good manager, but there's some things you need to fix. Sure. And so we talked a lot about what he needs to do to, to retain people instead of talking about what he needs to do to go after people who have left. Because by that point, it's really done. And then all you right. do is spend time with legal battles and attorney letters and Yada yada, no, but you ultimately lose even worse because you're spending money for attorney letters and and whatnot. It is a free world, a free market out there. So my, my 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 point and my perspective on that is is you've really as an employer got to do what it takes to make your team satisfied. I think Jason hit a spot on. Do they have a network, a friend, friends at work, a strong network? You know, are they keep talking with them, are they, are they working with them? But then also be open to the fact where you can have an open conversation. People are going to look outside your company. You're not, you know, you, there's other gigs in town. They're going to get calls and get to that point where you can have an open and frank conversation about what they want next in their career. Can you provide that for them at your work? And if not, what else can they do at your work before they move on to the next career opportunity? Because it's okay that the days of working 20, 30 years at the company, the same company, I, I think are gone. And, um, you know, so it's called a tour of duty. You know, where you you can talk about, hey, what, what are you looking to get in the next one to two years? And, and what do you want next out of your job here? And if not, what can I do to help you get to your next opportunity? And just kind of be open about, you know, how, how it's going to end at some point. That's great advice. I think I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I do think the onus is on the managers and the employer to a certain to a certain degree, um, I, I know that many times, I, I'm a Gen X person as well, I know many times we were told uh, coming up through the trenches was that career development is a two-way street. And I, and I do believe that to some degree, but things, I believe, are changing dramatically. And it is, you know, as an employer, as a business owner, it's we need millennials to work in our companies. And so if you, if the onus the, we have to lead in terms of trying to attract and retain millennials and, and kind of adjust. I know a lot of people are resistant to saying, oh, I can't do that. I'm too old for that. I, I, I don't want to learn that. And in order to be relevant and to keep people, I believe that a lot of us have to change as well. And I want to talk about that when we come back after the break, because it does require a completely different mindset. I think the days where I've mastered something and I'm done, don't exist. It's continuous evolution, not just for millennials, but also for other generations for us to work together. So we'll be after the, we'll we'll come back after the break and talk about that. And Jason, I haven't forgotten about you. I definitely want to hear the tips that you got from your CEO as well. So when we come back, we'll hear about that as well. Thank you. Talk to you after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you 
to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. What sets apart voiceamerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main voiceamerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to the Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity 2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to the forum. I am here with Jason Ivanish and Ben Martinez. Both are very involved in millennials and attracting and retaining them. And both their companies have tools that kind of help uh, companies and employers be better managers and more efficiently recruit people into their into organizations. Um, b- before the break, a few segments ago, Jason actually said that he built more loyalty by staying at a company for a longer period of time because he did a cold reach out to the CEO of the company he was working for to ask for some tips and advice. And I promised that we would come back and find out what those tips were. And so, uh, Jason, please do tell. Sure, yeah. So it was really amazing. Uh, I cold emailed uh, Russ Wilcox, who was the CEO of E-Ink at the time. They make the display screens for the Amazon Kindle. They had about 150, 200 employees, and I was an intern. So it was very scary for me to send the email. I remember my heart, heart beating really hard as <laughs> I hit send. But what was awesome was he did sit down and meet with me, and he gave me a bunch of advice. I remember taking pages and pages of notes because I was like, oh, my gosh, I have this amazing person who's giving me all these tips. They're so much further along in their career. I was fresh out of college. And um, the two biggest ones that he gave me that I think are, are, are worth sharing with everyone listening in, uh, the first one was just be persistent just this idea that it's not going to be easy, um, so stick with it. Uh, and then the really interesting one, and I think anyone can apply, even if you don't want to be a startup CEO someday, but you want to uh, really succeed in your career, he told me to read 100 books. And That's a great piece of advice. Like, right. I was like, but I was like, what do you, 100 books? Like, what books? And he's like, right. basically, 
He said, try and find the best books you can on every subject that you need to learn about. So, like, if you're going to be a startup founder, you need to learn about sales and about marketing and product development and leadership and stuff. And he's like, if you just read, like, ten books in each of those categories, you'll get enough little bits of truth that you'll find the things that fit your personality and your style and build and, and accelerate your career in those skills. And it's one of the common things I've found with some of the best millennials I've worked with is that millennials are often extremely hungry to learn and they love those learning opportunities. So things like one of my favorite tips to give a manager is go buy a book, one book for each person on your team on a subject they want to learn about, and you'd be amazed how much they appreciate that and how little it costs you. That's great advice. Uh, both both the 100 books as well as the tips for you know, translating that into employee satisfaction and millennials. And did you read the 100 books, by the way? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost at 200 now, so yeah. Good for you. That's great. Uh, and also, I think... Ben, when we were at the previous break, you were talking about a term that we're familiar with. It's called tours of duty. Can you can you talk a little bit about the concept and what that really means to uh, to millennials and, and quite frankly, managing any kind of uh, employee manager relationship? Yeah, the constants we're talking about books. This uh, this topic came right out of a book. It's <laughs> Tour of Duty by LinkedIn's founder Reed Hoffman, and I think he co-authored it with. Um, his first name is Ben because that's my first name I remember. I think it's Capellus. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the, the concept on a tour of duty is, is it, it takes a little bit of the you know, the name tour of duty is kind of comes out of the military, right, where you've got right. a specific mission that you're going in to accomplish. And the way to think about a tour of duty is, is what I would call a modern employment agreement. Because let's be real, when, when someone comes to work, you know, at your organization, it, it's the days of, Someone staying for 30 years and getting a pension and retiring are, are, are very few and far between. And so a tour of duty is, is look at it as an alliance. And so when somebody comes in, you have a, you know, you have an agreement or you have a conversation on what that specific mission is of that person and of what they're going to do at your company. Like a, you come up with a period of, let's say, two to five years. And it's really, you know, gets focused and it's agreeable time frame of, of, amongst, you know, the, the new employee and and the company. But it's mutually beneficial to the company because when you first hear about this, you think, wait a minute, we're just going to talk about how long you're going to be here and I can be here forever. It's, it's just get all that, you know, the, your old way of thinking out the table. But it's mutually beneficial because both the company is going to get gains out of maybe new products, new ideas, customers, profits, and then the employee is going to gain new skills, experiences, connections, and so on that they can take with them at your company or outside your company. So after the one tour duty is complete, you start to talk about, based on what this person wants out of their career and what's beneficial to the firm they're working at, you start to talk about what the next tour duty at the company is would look like and what that is. Because, let's, you know, within two to five years, things are going to be yeah, have changed a lot since then. Right. And what this, yeah, what this will do is a lot of attract a lot of this, what we talked about earlier, these attract and retain the entrepreneurial employees because you've got employees that are coming in, they they have different tours of duty, right? And so it it also kind of wipes out the slate of these people that come in and only want to work in one job for six months and move on to the next. It, 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 you know, you get a specific tour of duty. And then, um, it provides a longer, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say it changes the lens a bit. It's not just, you know, a stagnant, not even stagnant, but kind of looking quarter to quarter or year to year. It's a more holistic approach to looking at that employee uh, manager relationship or company relationship and, and kind of 
mapping it out for three years and, and determining the skills from not just what they, that they gain, but also networking and um, a broader view of what that employee might get, as well as what the company might get from the benef- benefit from that tour of duty. Absolutely. It, it, it creates the conversation right up front. And so, because let's be real, I mean, just acknowledging and being aware that your employees might leave is how you can start building relationships that convince people to stay versus waiting till they're about to leave or they've left or they've got that other job offer. Then you're hustling to try to make, you know, offer more money, change their job, but just acknowledging it right out in the beginning instead of trying to be deceptive or anything like that about this kind of relationship that you've got. Uh, because an employee doesn't need your permission to switch company and, and, you know, they can believe if they want and just talk about it right in the beginning and, right. and, and what they're looking to get, to get out of it. So. It almost takes that fear or uncertainty or uncertainty out of it. Yes. Uh, Jason, you had some thoughts on this. I know you're passionate about this concept as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think Ben did an excellent job of describing the, the key concepts. I think the thing that people underestimate is what can come of these conversations even when people aren't sure at first. So not every tour of duty has to end in a promotion. Not every tour of duty has to end in a linear kind of role of like, hey, you're a junior software engineer, next step is senior software engineer, and after that, senior architect. Um, Sometimes I think one of the most interesting things about millennials is that sometimes they want to do more lateral moves. You know, especially if you have a growing company, say you have – you know, somewhere between 25 and 50 employees, and you know you're going to grow to over 100. Some of your early, you know, startup athlete kind of employees, you're going to have the opportunity actually to have them fill all kinds of different challenges and roles in your company. And, you know, having that conversation with people around what they're excited about, what they're passionate about, uh, is a great way to channel that energy and realize that you can use it in a lot of different ways. So, for instance, I was at a past job where, um, I was in charge of uh, product management, and one of the things I was really fired up about was the, the company's culture. And so it ended up I helped form a, a culture team that we had that was made up of myself and three other people in different departments, and we would use that as a way to talk about things that we felt were important, and we'd bring them to the CEO, and it allowed us to have a healthier discussion around the culture and the company and make sure that you know, the values were something that was happening in all the departments instead of silos forming as we kept growing. And so I think the important thing to realize with this is, you know, if you look around and say you don't have a lot of ways to promote and grow people, you can still do tours of duty. Just focus on developing their existing skills in their current role or even look for opportunities for, hey, what's something they could spend 5 to 10% of their time on that they're fired up about, that the company would benefit from, and that would be a great bullet point on their resume in their future career, whether it be an internal promotion um, or, you know, just later on, you know, this is going to help them altruistically, you know, the rest of their life. That's great. It's it, I I love this concept. I, I think it does change the the lens of how employers look at employees, and it's not even 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 kind of the employee employer words don't feel right anymore. It, it's kind of it, it literally is about a relationship and and building the relationship and nurturing it um, to some degree. I did want to talk to you guys a little bit about. Um, you know, emotional intelligence. I don't know if you guys have delved into this topic a bit. You know, a lot of the people, Gen Xers feel like, and even beyond, that a lot of about a lot of things about there's value in paying dues because you mentally get stronger, you get you have grit, and you can weather the ups and downs of 
of, you know, disappointment and, and enjoy the, the high moments. You know, there's been some criticism on, from, from, on millennials, about millennials, in the sense that they're so sensitive. And, you know, if, they, if things don't go their way, then, you know, there's major disappointment. And you know, have you guys run into this or kind of approached this uh, as you've kind of dealt with millennials in your own companies or even, you know, working with your clients? I'll start with Ben. Yes. I mean, not, not, I, again, I think this goes back early when we opened up around media making a bigger deal than this than what I think it is. Right. I mean, we, we, one or two occurrences we've had that happen. And I think a lot of that, I think, goes back to this, this notion of the tour of duty and the modern employment contract or agreement. It's not like a formal contract. I think that's a strong sure. term to use. Like we can. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, we're, we're you know, we've had maybe a millennial come in. I think one of example where he thought he was going to be, you know, at a certain level within the company within a certain period of time it was pretty unrealistic. But then I looked right. at the situation. I think he was probably he got he was misled, and right. he probably you know he got he, he started to think that way because of some of the things he were told. And I think that you know anybody leading a team inside of a company needs to be aware of the role they're playing and the words they say and what they say and. And how that is is uh, taken, you know, taken to heart, and people take that seriously, even if they don't have what, you know, if they promised them a promotion, even if it's not approved. Well, the fact you said you promised them a promotion means they're expecting a promotion. Right. <laughs> it's managing expectations. Oh, yeah. 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 So I know I know that we've talked a, a lot about manager and employee relationships and how to look at millennials in the corporation um, versus employers and employees. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more on about culture and what are some of the features that you see in companies uh, that companies are incorporating uh, to improve culture and connection within the organization. When we come back, we'll be talking to our guests to learn more. Stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Don't fly blind. Blink Insights provides valuable research to support more informed business decisions. We have walked in our clients' shoes and understand their challenges. We will work with you to understand your information needs and deliver actionable results through innovative and cost-effective solutions. Blink Insights will partner with you to help you make strategic decisions about your brand and better improve your positioning, your product and service development roadmaps, and your delivery to customers. We work with a variety of clients. Call us today at 516-494-0077 or visit blink-insights.com. Starting, building, and growing a company is hard in itself. Doing it on your own is even harder. You need a partner on your side who can help. Infinity Squared Ventures works with you to understand your goals and design options that can help you accelerate your business. We have creative ways of working together that allow business leaders to still realize their visions. Visit infinity-2.com and let Infinity Squared Ventures get started with your company. That's infinity-2.com or call 516-591-0270. 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to the Forum with Seema Vasa. To talk to Seema or her guest this week, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to info at infinity 2.com. Now back to the program. Welcome back to the Forum. I am here with Jason Ivanish and Ben Martinez. And we are talking about millennials and how to capitalize on the opportunity in a positive manner. We've talked a lot about retention and attracting millennials. And now we'd like to turn the conversation a little bit more to what are some of the features, the types of things in culture that really attract millennials? I I know I've read many articles about the fact that it's not just putting up the ping pong table that attracts millennials or having food. So, Ben, we'd love to hear from you. You know, what are your thoughts in terms of different aspects of culture or, and specific benefits that you've seen really uh, appeal to millennials? Yes, a few, a few different ones. In terms of millennials, what we've noticed is that they have a you know, wide network, a, more, a wider network than I think a lot of people did at that point in their career. And I, and I credit social media and just different technology that they've been able to, to forge. And, and with that, when an when a, you know, millennials in our workplace, you know, when they're hired or when they're already here, what I've noticed and the things we've done to try to help with that is they want their, they want their family to be, you know, they want people to meet their family. And so if you can create opportunities in ways, whether that's barbecues, softball events, whatever that is, but just, you know, ways for people, for them to bring their friends and family, their own network in and meet people at the company that that seems to be important. I think it's important to any, really any generation, but I, I, sure. I find that you know important with millennials. And you know, like when we have a new a new hire, we typically uh, you know onboard them in, in you know teams of like ten to twenty people. We have a new hire lunch where we have everybody um, you know kind of some key leaders at the company come meet them at a new hire lunch, and it's just it's it's more of a kind of a happy hour slash lunch that we hold at the office and people get to know each other and talk with each other. And then we do things to open that family friend network up where we do brown bag lunches once every other week where anybody's invited to bring, a, you know, a friend in. And typically we're looking to hire that friend because it's a referral. Right. They come in and it's it's a place where we can meet people. But you, you just creating a place where it, it feels open and inclusive and that they they can you know openly talk and brag about their company and their network and it we've it's had a multiplying effect because a lot of them talk about it on social media in a good way that helps us recruit even more talent and so that was kind of the unintended consequence of it all but that's what I found works and that's on top of all the 
yeah, we have the ping pong tables and free beer and all that stuff. But I right. think, you know, people, that that's just the, the, the you know, the, the window dressing, but it's really behind the scenes. How are you using that? You know, are you really using your office space for events and getting people to connect and talk? So it's community and connection, it sounds like, and, and bringing kind of networks together. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason, I know you had a couple points that you wanted to share here about sure. uh, you know, specific thoughts as it relates to it's not just the ping pong table. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it's amazing how many studies there are now, like Deloitte and Gallup and Google and a whole bunch of other places have all uh, look, looked at kind of what people actually want in the workplace. And what's really interesting is the number one thing that comes up over and over again is, is this kind of growth and development, the opportunity to develop their skills. And we've talked a bunch right. about that. The other thing I think that's interesting that fits very tightly into exactly who we all know millennials are and the stereotype that comes in our head when we think of millennials is actually uh, a little bit of flexibility on work hours. So when you're a millennial, you have your phone with you at all times. You know, I, I can't tell you how many millennials I know that do exactly what I do, which is you get back, you have dinner, maybe you went to the gym or something, you spend some time with friends or family, and then your laptop opens again. And, in fact, right. you're kind of working an hour or two from home, or Sunday night you're doing the same thing. And so millennials are looking for the opportunity to recognize that and say, hey, there are times when I'm not in the office that I'm working, and so on the flip side, there are times where the traditional punch a clock, you know, work eight to six kind of schedule, right. um, they want some flexibility there on that side as a trade-off to that. And I think that companies that understand and trust their people are going to, you know, reap the benefits from that. That's, excellent. That's um, an excellent point. Yeah. And then the one other thing I do want to talk about is there's actually a really cool study that a psychologist uh, named Frederick Herzberg did actually going way back to the 1950s and 60s. And what he found was that there's two different things in the workplace. Uh, one is he calls hygiene factors, which are if these things aren't good, uh, it's going to make you unhappy and leave. So these are things like if you have a boss you don't like, if work conditions are poor, if you're severely underpaid or you have you know issues with your colleagues, those are all things where if they're not good, they'll make you unhappy. But if they're good, they actually don't contribute that much to happiness and extreme job satisfaction. The things that do are having work that you find fulfilling, uh, getting recognition and the opportunity for achievement, uh, experiencing growth and advancement, and, you know, enjoying the responsibility you have at work. So it's really interesting. It's almost like balancing scales where there are these negative things that can make you unhappy, and then there are these positive things that make you happy, but they're, diff- they're two different things. So a company can work really, really hard at making sure none of the negatives are happening by creating a friendly workplace and a good good office environment with things like the ping pong tables and have fun and things like that. But then it still comes down to that achievement, that recognition, the work they're doing and their growth to keep them extremely satisfied over the long term. That's interesting. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. So I I really appreciate you guys being here. I also wanted to share that Ben is also an entrepreneur and, and improving company culture. Ben, did you want to share a little bit about your new venture that you're working on? Absolutely. Thanks. So my new venture I'm working on is I've recently founded and started a coffee company, and it's an online coffee subscription company. Uh, the name of our company is Somato Coffee, S-U-M-A-T-O, Somato Coffee. And our value in what we do is, is a roast to order. So anybody who's a coffee nut out there knows that freshly roasted coffee, there is so many benefits to having freshly roasted coffee that's been roasted within 2 to 14 days. The flavor is much better. There's a lot of antioxidants that are in black coffee that are very beneficial to you if you get it right after it's roasted. And so what we do is right when you order the coffee, we roast it. And we sell them in 12-ounce bags or 5-pound bags. We've targeted the workplace 
because this Great. came out about as a pain in higher views. We grew at our company is, is, uh, we could never satisfy the coffee drinkers. And what we found is that getting freshly roasted coffee seemed to satisfy them, but it's really hard to get. And so Fantastic. I've got a, a, a roaster that we use. And so once you, um, or take an order off the website, we roast it and we send it to you. We ship anywhere in the United States and we're, uh, we've shipped to a lot of, we shipped to over, we launched on June 1, and we've shipped to over 100 customers in, in 20 different states since June 1. And where so can, they, where can well. they find it? Uh, they can find our website. So our website is sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O coffee.com. And so Jason, Fantastic. you can, you can well, send it. I got a few people in San Francisco I've already sent it to, so happy to, happy to help. <laughs> and, and SEMA as well. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. And Jason, where can, they find, where can people find you? If they wanted to learn sure, more uh, about Get Lighthouse. Absolutely. So uh, obviously the best place is you can sign up for a free trial of our software if you're a manager at getlighthouse.com. Uh, we also have a, a blog. We have three years' worth of content. Literally every post that's been written, most of them in research and written by me. Uh, these posts are all questions we've heard from real managers like you. So if you're just looking for some free places to learn, go to getlighthouse.com slash blog. And if you're a manager and you're looking for a way to – Find out how you're really doing with your team. Uh, we have a new product called Manager Score, which we'd love to help you get a benchmark for how you're doing with your team and help you get advice on how you can improve. And that's just getlighthouse.com slash manager score. Thank you, both of you, for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. Some really good insights and, you know, practical advice in terms of how to manage and think about millennials in the workforce. We appreciate, we appreciate you guys being on the show, and hopefully we'll have you guys back soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And this concludes this episode of The Forum. We look forward to having you back next week. If you want to continue the conversation, follow me on Twitter, Sima, S-I-M-A, Vasa. Thank you, and stay tuned for next week. We are so glad you've joined us for The Forum. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time with your host, Sima Vasa, on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we talk again, have a good week.